Okay. Um, everybody okay? We're moving forward. Step six. Step six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And I wanted to read something from uh, Voices of Recovery, September 19th. A willingness to change is the essence of step six. Change is always frightening. Growing and changing is what OA is about. Miracles and spiritual awakenings have come as a result of my slow growth. I just talked to somebody in the bathroom. We were talking about that we're all late bloomers here. <laughs> I wanted to live in the insanity of doing the same things over and over, expecting different results. It was too scary to change. Thank God I stayed around until the miracle happened. Step six was my guide to a willingness to change. I'm grateful that I became willing to surrender to the process. I welcome opportunities for growth and recovery, to do things differently. That is change. My program allows me to take care of myself, to grow, improve, work with others, get out of myself, and make a difference in the world. I open myself each day to God's will for my life. I am willing to go to any length to keep my recovery. Each day, work the steps and the tools. I live life to its fullest in recovery and refuse to give my life away to my disease. I will always be a compulsive overeater, but with my higher power, I have the ability to change. And um, in the 12 and 12, the uh, AA 12 and 12, at the beginning of um, step six, he says somebody has said that step six is the step that separates the men from the boys. And for years, I had no idea what that meant. I thought, step six didn't seem like as dramatic as a fourth step or as a fifth step, making amends, none of that. But um, what I realized is that Step six is the present, where now we've let go of the past with step five. We've really kind of cleaned up a lot of stuff. So step six now, we are willing to make changes in who we are. We're going to look at our character defects and, um, and ask that they be removed. Um, so also what it says in our... Uh, sorry. Also, in the 12 and 12, on page 68, it says that, um, hold on, the difference between the men and the boys is the difference between striving for a self-determined objective, my will, and for the perfect objective, which is God. So, one more time, we are going back to God, and... um, the big book just asks us on page 77, 76, sorry, the big book, are we now ready to let God remove from us all things that we admitted are objectionable? Uh, in the OA 12 and 12 on page 56, it says, being entirely ready means that we are completely willing to recognize and let go of our defective behavior patterns and to let God change us as God will. We don't set a timetable or method for these changes. When and how our defects are removed is entirely up to God. And um, on the next page, 57, they make a really great point, which is every character defect that we have today has been useful to us at some point in our lives, and we need to recognize that fact. Uh, But next, we need to recognize that each of the old tools for coping 
has now lived, outlived its usefulness. So um, I thought that was really uh, a powerful statement for me. Um, moving to step seven, we were entirely ready to move these entirely ready to move these short, remove these shortcomings. So step seven is all about humility. And according to step seven in the 12 and 12, uh, humility is a desire to seek and do God's will. I know that we hear lots of definitions of humility, but for, for these purposes of our defects, um, it is that. And it also says, uh, for, for just so long as we were convinced that we could live exclusively by our own individual strength and intelligence, for just that long was a working faith in a higher power impossible. So um, this is more breaking down, more giving uh, to God, and we give them up because uh, we enjoy moments, it says in that same part of the 12 and 12, in which there is something like real peace of mind to those of us who have hitherto known only excitement, depression, anxiety, in other words, to all of us, this newfound peace is a priceless gift. And um, I know for me, I was just actually, we were just talking about that. In the beginning, when I saw that recovery, when I saw people who stood at a podium and had peace of mind, they had serenity, I wanted that. And it, what turned out for me is I wanted that more than I wanted to eat. I just wanted to feel good in my own skin. You know, I just wanted to feel okay about myself. And, um, and that's, that's really what it is. And they talk about that in, in step seven. If I'm willing to do this work in step seven, I could have that real peace of mind too. I just wanted it. And... Um, you know, we use God to remove our defects the same way we did with food, you know. Humility is recognizing that we can't, right? Only God can. And it's the same with the food. I mean, I couldn't do this. I was on a diet since I was 10. I couldn't be on a diet. And, uh, and that's what happened, is that um, God did that for me. And, you know, that's the whole point of it. The last paragraph of step seven in the 12 and 12, it's actually my favorite step in the 12 and 12. It tells us, you know, that the the seventh step is where we make the change in our attitude, which permits us with humility as our guide, remember the humility is to seek and know God's will, to move out from ourselves towards others and towards God. The whole emphasis of step seven is on humility. It is really saying to us that we now ought to be trying, willing to try humility in, uh, in seeking the removal of our shortcomings, just as we did when we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. If that degree of humility could enable us to find the grace by which such a deadly obsession could be banished, then there must be hope of the same result respecting any other problem we could possibly have. Right? I mean, that was my biggest problem was, was the food. Um, and lastly, it says in the OA 12 and 12 on page 57, it says, we need to recognize that each of these old tools, we need to recognize that each of these old tools for coping with life has now outlived its usefulness. 
Only when we fully realize that they are costing us more than they are giving us do we become entirely ready to remove these defects of character. So what we're going to do for the, um, the writing for steps six and seven is we've got a list of defects. It's just a prompt. Um, they're my defects, some of, some of my defects. Um, but they're just a prompt to, to just um, remind you about a particular defect. And there are two questions for this. What is the benefit of having this de- defect? You know, in step six, it says these, these, these defects helped us. I'm sorry, I'm so cold. I'm just sort of shaking here. And what is costing you to have this defect? What is it costing you in your life today to hold on to this defect of character? Um, do you need, the, you need a repeat of that? Is there Yes, thank you. Yes, this is all pertaining to you and your obsession with your body and your body image and things like that. So that's what these sorry? What is the benefit of having this defect and what is it costing you to have it in your life? Sure. The question is um, to look at your defects and see what is the benefit of having this defect and what is it costing you to have it. So what, what, uh, how, did, how was it helpful to you and, and why is this not serving your life now, today, in recovery? Okay. So you might be wondering, what do you do? You have this defect. You're asking God to remove it, but we don't know that timetable for that defect to be removed. So, um, but the OA 12 and 12 on page 56 tells me what to do. Does this mean we shouldn't try to change our behavior until our higher power changes us? Should we continue being dishonest and tolerant and all of the rest? Of course not. Being entirely ready means that we firmly turn our backs on the old self-destructive behaviors and make every effort to act and live by the principles embodied in the 12 steps. So we even have that little uh, assignment to do. Okay. We're moving. We're moving on. We're on step eight. It's a crash course in the steps, in case you're wondering. Step eight has made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Um, And what uh, the OA 12 and 12 on page 78 tells me is to amend something is to change it. We complete our amends for our wrongful actions of the past by changing our actions in the present. And um, in our Voices of Recovery, I really like this on page 181, June 29th, if you were... Wondering, our, our purpose in doing step eight is not to judge others, but to learn attitudes of mercy and forgiveness. And um, for our purposes, we're talking about ourselves today. So I look at this as our purpose in doing step eight is not to judge myself, but to learn attitudes of mercy and forgiveness upon myself. Um, and the question, and it says, an OA friend mailed me a sand dollar and an essay he had written on perfectionism. 
His writing helped me let go of this character defect. The essay says to look at the sand dollar. It's not broken, but it has flaws. It may be stained and have a nicked edge or a small hole. Can you still love it? If you can learn to love your imperfect sand dollar, you are capable of loving the imperfect world and the people around you. People have disappointed you, hurt you, and let you down by being imperfect. Can you let go of the idea of perfection and accept reality, loving people just as they are? And I challenge you to, can you accept you just the way you are? Right? So what we do um, with these amends is when we become uh, on this list, our list is is pretty much us, and um, when we do make these amends, we make amends... When I, as I've learned, when I make amends to people, I make amends for my actions. I don't make amends for my thoughts because I would still be making amends, you know, to everybody for something. So this is something for today. We're keeping uh, our, uh, our thoughts on ourselves and our amends on ourselves. So when uh, step nine says we made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so... Or, uh, would injure them or hurt others. Would injure them or others. So, the goal of step seven, in the, uh, it tells me in the OA twelve and twelve on page seventy six, the purpose of step nine is to clear away guilt and ill will, so that we may establish better relationships with people whom our lives have touched. In making amends, we'll need to acknowledge the specific harm we've done, apologize make appropriate restitution, and change our behavior towards them in the future. And then it tells me on page 78 how to make amends to ourselves. To amend something is to change it. We complete our amends for our wrongful actions of the past by changing our actions in the future. This is especially important when making amends to ourselves. Only by permanently changing our harmful attitudes and actions can we make it up to ourselves and our loved ones for the hurts of our past? So what we're going to do now, kind of probably seems a little obvious, we're going to write an amends letter to ourselves. And the, basically with the, with the subject of being our body image, how we've treated ourselves in the past, what we've done our, to ourselves in the past, all for that uh, obsession of our body. Okay? Five minutes. Five minutes. Any questions? Okay. Uh, this is uh, eight and nine. Right. Sorry? Um, read something from our for, our for Today book, uh, page 66. It's March 6th. I love this. Um, so the top says, let him go where he will. He can only find so much beauty or worth as he carries. I know what geographical cures are. I have taken some. Wherever I went, I ended up the same way, in the despair and degradation of compulsive overeatings and the attitudes that go with it. Today, I am worth enough to give myself the best, the best thought, the best care. I guard my abstinence and my program as though they were my dearest possessions, and they are. Wherever I go, I expect good, beautiful, and worthwhile things, and I find them. I treat myself and others with respect, and I do not react in kind to people who behave badly toward me. My self-worth comes not only 
not from others, but from myself, from caring about my own opinion and about what I do and say. All that I am and hope to be comes from giving myself the time and the patience, compassion, and understanding to grow. For today, caring for myself is the best way I know how to care for others and to find the good in everything. And um, just wanted to say, uh, lest we forget why we do all this stuff, um, and the big book tells us that uh, our real purpose is to be... is to fit ourselves to be of maximum purpose to God and the people around us. So we're getting ourselves better so that we can help other people carry the message and um, help other people from the, really the hell that they were into. Okay, Colleen, you ready for step 10? Oh, wait, I, I didn't do the most important thing. We're going to share these letters. I forgot that part. In pairs. Sorry. All right. And I read the after part first. We're going to share. Find somebody, one person, and we're going to share these for, uh, for five minutes. You each get two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. We'll let you know. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, we're going to move on now to step 10. Okay, step 10 is continue to take personal inventory. When we were wrong, promptly admitted it. In the big book on page 84, it tells us um, that step 10 suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned out the past. We've entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, self-loathing, perfectionism. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we can resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And then uh, in the A 12 and 12 on page 88, it says, For the wise have always known that no one can make much of his life until self-searching becomes a regular habit, until he is able to admit and accept what he finds. I'll say that again, admit and accept what he finds, and until he patiently and persistently tries to correct what is wrong. Um, And the Voices of Recovery on page 345, also known as December 10th, it says, as we repeatedly act on step 10, we begin to see the remarkable way the steps will, from now on, continue to remove unnecessary turmoil and pain from our lives. More gifts are in store for us as we continue working the program and experiencing the miracle of permanent recovery one day at a time, which is from the OA 12 and 12. Ours is a disease of attitudes. However, the years I've spent in OA have shown me that although my disease is progressive, so is my recovery. When I was active in my eating disorder, I hated everything about my life. My world consisted of binges, blame, fear, shame, jealousy, and rage. 
I was imprisoned by unrealistic expectations of people, bitterly resenting their imperfections. I also hated myself because I couldn't stop eating. Negativity breeds hopelessness, and I was trapped. Recovery teaches me that my gratitude and my serenity snowball, just like my negative attitudes did. As I work the 12 steps of this program, it becomes fulfilling to focus on the good in my life. It doesn't always come easily. Sometimes I struggle to think positively. But when my attitudes slip, I know there's hope. Now my world consists of daily miracles, both large and small, that keep the light in my eyes and lightness in my heart. Positive thinking breeds acceptance, and today I am free. So in that regard... You know, when you think back to, um, like, the amends letter that you just did, what we're going to do is actually um, give you an index card. And on the index card, I'd like you to write an affirmation based on your amends letter. So an affirmation is something that's stated in the present um, that there's no conditions on, like when I get to a healthy body weight, blah, blah, blah. It's an I am or today, um, and you want to keep it positive, and my suggestion is always keep it simple. If I make it too complicated, it's not something that I'm going to do because this affirmation that you're going to write um, is something that you're going to say for the next 30 days. So one of the things that... um, that I did, because as a 100-pounder, when I was going down in weight, my physical physicality just shifted so much. Like, I didn't even know who I was looking at anymore. Like, I'd look in the mirror, and I'd be like, whoa. I mean, it would shock me. And um, so one of the things that I did was I began to look in the mirror at night before I went to bed, just the face, where it wasn't like a full-body thing. And I would say, God, help me to see me as you see me. So if I were to put that in affirmation form, I could say, I see me as God sees me. You know, an affirmation could be, I accept myself as I am today. You know, or I really like my chin. I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, I also don't think it's a mistake that, that um, you know, like you, most people can't tell from looking, um, I mean, I have lots of extra skin, but like my face, and like so for those three chins, I don't know what happened. All that skin, like I have no idea where that went, you know. But I know growing up that I always liked myself from here up. I don't think there's any mistake that there wasn't a lot of damage, you know. You know, I, I don't know. Always hated my thighs. We're not going to talk about all the extra skin around that. So, but anyways. <laughs> But for today, I accept them exactly as they are. So my point is is that you want to keep the affirmation simple and, again, something in the positive and something in the present. And there, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, but the idea is that what we'd like you to do, because step 10 is about continuing and it's about those living amends, that you um, would say it every day for 30 days. And I'm not going to be monitoring you or whatever, but... Um, Okay, so just take a couple minutes to write down your affirmation. Sure, I accept myself as I am today. Um, I see me as God sees me. Um, I appreciate my body for all it does for me. I am grateful um, 
that I take the action necessary to take care of myself. Um, what are some other ones that I've used? Um, I, I I really like my smile. <laughs> you know. Everybody done with that? Okay, great. Step 11. Wow. The end is in sight, you guys. Um, Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. I've I've been told the short version of this is, thy will, not mine, be done. So prayer. What do they tell us about prayer in the 12 and 12? Page 102. Prayer is the raising of the heart and mind to God, and in this sense, it includes meditation. Prayer, as commonly understood, is a petition to God. Having opened our channel as best we can, we try to ask for those right things of which we and others are in the greatest of need, knowledge of his will for us, and the power to carry that out. And then uh, meditation, it tells me, on page 101, is uh, to improve, improve our conscious contact with God, with his grace, wisdom, and love. And let's always remember that meditation is, in reality, intensely practical. One of its, fir- one of its first fruits is emotional balance. Wow. When did I have that? Um, so, and then, in the OA 12 and 12, on page 96, it says... Our purpose in meditating is simple. We seek to relax and receive spiritual nourishment by experiencing more fully our connections with our true unfragmented selves and with our higher power. It is the action of, uh, which gives us much-needed practice in the art of sitting still and opening our hearts to receive spiritual nourishment, which I really like that. So um, we know that there are a million ways to meditate, but... Uh, Right now, we're going to do a one-minute time meditation, and then after that, it's my favorite thing, you are going to write a letter from your higher power to yourself. And in that letter, God is going to tell you how uh, your higher power sees you in relation to your body. Got that, everybody? Okay. So we're going to do our one-minute time meditation first. You got it? Okay, step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. In the big book on page 89, it says, Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works where other activities fail. And then it goes on to say, um, to remember that they are very ill, but this will take will, life will take on new meaning, and frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Um, in Bill's story, it tells us 
that if an alcoholic fails to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. And in the A12 and 12, on page 125, it says, For it is only by accepting and solving our problems that we can begin to get right with ourselves and with the world about us and with him who presides over us all. And in the Voices of Recovery on page 16, or January 16th, it says, Those of us who live this program don't simply carry the message, we are the message. Each day that we live well, we are well, and we embody the joy of recovery. And that comes from the OA 12 and 12, page 106. When I first walked into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I was like the candle whose light is flickering and close to going out. I was sick in mind, body, and spirit, and I was hopeless. Many OA members describe OA as the last house on the block. I do not know if that's true since I do not know where the block begins or ends. I do know that what I found in OA can only be found in the heart and the mind of another recovering compulsive overeater. The flickering light that I came in with became stronger, and the hopelessness turned to hopefulness. I can be a living example or a dying example of how the program works. My courage to recover and my experiences in OA serve as an example to those who know me. I represent and carry the message of hope. So it is our hope that you have found some recovery or at least begun um, and, and especially in this area of body image, you know, the magic of the 12 steps is that it, it works in all areas of our lives. So as a way of wrapping up this workshop, what we'd like to do is um, for have, to have you, as part of the 12 step, we carry the message. So we'd like to have you carry the message of your affirmations to each other. So we're going to go around the room, and if everyone would read their affirmation out loud. If you're not comfortable doing so, just say pass, and then we'll join together and say the serenity prayer. And then my challenge to you, if you are up for it, is after having said your affirmation for 30 days, is pass it on to another fellow, maybe somebody who could use that affirmation. And that's a way of carrying out the 12 steps. So um, we'll go ahead and start. I'll start. So it's good, right? Be the example, right? right. Um, I enjoy the health of my body today. 